Hey there, sis, and welcome to Tech Girls Cast, the podcast that is designed to empower aspiring female technologists to make their mark in the tech industry without getting lost in the process. My name is Jacqueline Corley, and I've been in the tech world for over 10 years, so I know what works and doesn't work when it comes to making your tech transition as smooth as possible. Join me every Wednesday as I give you my best tips and advice to make your transition into the tech world the best that it could possibly be. I'm so thankful that you are here and I cannot wait to go on this journey with you. Let's do this, sis. Well, welcome everyone back to the podcast. I am very excited to have Miss Alicia Jabbar here with me today. Alicia, how are you doing today? I am doing mostly good. Uh, I just did my first in-person event post-pandemic and it was like both disorienting and normal. And so I'm just kind of settling back into that over the last couple of days. I completely understand how that can go. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking your time out to be on here. What I love to do for my guests is if you would just take a moment, kind of tell everyone who you are and what you do. Yeah. So as Jacqueline mentioned, I'm Alicia Jabbar. I uh, am a coach and facilitator. And that, that expresses itself in the world a couple of ways. I do one-on-one coaching with people who identify in some capacity as being on the outside of what is known, valued, or understood in the places they work and live. And then on the facilitation side, and our relevance for this interview is that I do leadership programming for groups of women, both in companies and to the public. Amazing, amazing. So kind of walk us through what you did prior to doing everything you're doing now with coaching. I know you have just a lot of experience with some various companies that many of us probably already know very well. Um, So just walk us through what you did prior to that and just let us know what you what you did during that time. Yeah, I have a pretty winding career. You know, I, I, where I sit on the outside of what is normal. And I think what a lot of your audience can relate to Jacqueline is I've had a lot of different phases to my career. So I started out um, as a financial analyst, kind of doing numbers behind the scenes. And then I ended up working in supply chain for Williams Sonoma, doing a lot of database analytics and more robust data, uh, yeah, data analytics. And that from there, I took a little pause. That was like the 2008-2009 recession, which kind of feels like we're potentially there again. And a lot of people at Williams-Sonoma got laid off and I thought, okay, jobs aren't permanent. (laughs) That's a good lesson to have this early in my career. Mm -hmm. And so I took a little break and actually worked on a farm, which taught me a ton about business. And then coming back, we were still in recession and I just took any job that I could find. And that was when online advertising was just kind of becoming a thing. So I worked for a direct response online advertising company, and then later got recruited to a company called Data Logics. And we were a data company uh, that proved the value of a lot of online advertising through partnerships. So I started out at that company in a product role um, and moving into product leadership. And then 
I relocated with them to the Bay Area from where they were based in Colorado. And I went on to build all of our strategic partnerships with the big Silicon Valley tech companies through like alpha beta product stage. And then I would hire teams to run those partnerships. And then uh, at some point in that career, I was exposed to coaching because I had a coach through that organization. And originally went to coaching school thinking, this is going to make me a better manager. And I was like, I think this is actually what I want to do. <laughs> we had just been acquired by Oracle, which was a huge you know, goal of the organization. And so I took that as an opportunity to pivot into this about seven years ago. Right. And I love that you talked about how you had a coach and you thought that was going to make you a better manager, which I'm sure that it did. But then you found out, hey, I think I want to do this. And I'm kind of in the same ballpark as well with what I do with, you know, coding, coaching. And so it's so valuable to actually have a mentor, a coach, or someone who can really show you the ropes um, because you never know. It could lead you to the next phase in your career um, as it did for you. And so uh, one thing that I really, really love is the fact that you have been in leadership. And I know that there are people who are listening to this, who are women who desire to be in leadership positions one day. And so can you tell us about your experience just, just as a woman leader and how was that? Yeah, uh, that's such a big question. I, I guess I will speak to a couple of things. Um, one, I really like to learn. So there's this whole philosophy, you know, some people hold around leadership where you know, do the job before you have it. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are some risks to doing that. But for me, when I thought about those opportunities, the reward was always higher than the risk of it might not lead to something because I was so energized to learn the next thing um, that I often stepped into things that were huge learning opportunities that mm. were unknown on whether or not they would lead to a promotion or a specific type of thing. Um, and then some of it was right timing, to be honest, when I relocated to San Francisco, I relocated to work for a woman that I very much admired her approach. I was really jazzed about it. And she quit two weeks later. Oh, wow. Um, and then my counterpart who did all the business development aspect of my job, she, she was my contract counterpart. She went out on like a four month maternity the week after that. So a lot of it was just kind of swimming with no support and somehow making it work and having that be recognized. But at the time, it definitely felt <clears throat> like I was drowning. <laughs> I definitely understand. And, and especially when we hop into new things, you know, we meet people that's like, hey, this is a great person who's going to who's going to be able to lead us. And then they decide they're going to leave. And it's like, what are we going to do? <laughs> right? right. So obviously now you've transitioned into, you know, just kind of coaching people through things that are similar to this. And so what helped you actually get through that phase where it was tough? It's like, man, I'm, I'm getting my feet into the waters of leadership. And then the person that I admired so much of how they did it, now it's like they're leaving me. <laughs> what do you do, you know, and how did you actually get through that? Um, what's kind of interesting is that was my first exposure, regular exposure to people in our company C-suite. Again, by nature of just all, you know, my boss quitting and this person going out on maternity. And oddly, the person who had recruited me into that company was a friend from my former job. Um, I kind of followed people as a 
mechanism to build a career path. And she was in over her head in a different type of way. And we would do these Zoom meetings. I would kind of go into a little huddle room in the corner of the office and we would do these Zoom meetings where we would like do power stances and give positive affirmations to each other. <laughs> so I had like meetings booked on her calendar before I would meet with, you know, who ended up becoming my boss, somebody in the executive suite. And we would just talk each other up which sounds so ridiculous, but it was so powerful to just know I have somebody who I can actually say I'm over my head to, and somebody who will remind me what I have when I can't remember it myself um, and help me remember that was really impactful. Yeah. And it sounds like with what you do now, you really wanted to give that back to others. And I know that you had a prior company where you called it Inside Out Incubator. And really the mission was to help women working in male dominated industries unsubscribe from a conventional leadership model that does not represent them so that they can lead powerfully on their own terms. And I love how that situation just flows into what we're about to talk about. And so I know that you have kind of upgraded what you do now with a lot of the same um, mission. And so I just want to, to kind of just talk about just a little bit about what you currently do um, with your profession and just kind of some of the ways that you actually do help um, professionals um, through these types of things. Yeah, there are kind of two, I'll speak to two aspects of this. One is I was getting, when I was purely coaching, I was getting exposed to a lot of women who were opting out. Um, because the sacrifice, the felt sacrifice required to move up in their careers, um, they felt like they had to sacrifice a lot of themselves. Um, and at some point I kind of had this epiphany about, you know, the notion that you have to become somebody you are not in order to be a leader is a very tight rope to walk. And I think a lot of us would agree that we don't want to become what's modeled or what's most visible or most seen. Um, and so getting women to step into a leadership paradigm that really includes more of them um, and taking a bet on themselves to see where that leads. So that's kind of one aspect of it. The other aspect of it, I purposely lead group programs for women because Something I didn't anticipate when I started out with the former business you spoke about Inside Out Incubator was how much power and relief would come from women together realizing it's not just me. You know, there is a way that before women join our programs, they think they're the only ones struggling with self-doubt or the only ones who are dealing with a scenario where they can't seem to influence or where no matter how they speak or how frequently they speak, they don't feel heard. Um, and there's a lot of kind of personal, what do I need to do? This like pressure that um, women put on themselves. And when you get a group of women together and you realize we've all had that experience or are having that experience, there's a certain like creativity and inspiration that emerges from just the, it's not just me. Um, and so I lead typically longer form three-month programs that have three components, 
shed, which is all about understanding the conditioning that we receive as women and where you kind of collude with that conditioning and where you might want to stop colluding with that conditioning in service of what you want. Reveal is something you've spoken a lot about, Jacqueline, on your podcast, which is, you know, what are my values? What's my vision? What's my dreams? What do I really want for myself? And then shine is small group accountability, championing, celebrating around women taking small and big steps to honor what's uncovered and reveal. Um, and so that's kind of the core structure of the programs. Amazing. And I love how you've taken all of those steps to ensure that we hit all of the areas, because when I, I think when we start to think about these types of things, we kind of just want to start getting into this thing where it's like, okay, what's the fastest quickest thing that I can do. And really it's a process just like, you know, I talk about all the time. There's a process to the transition in tech, but there's also a process of really stepping into who you are and, and being what it is that you're required to be, especially when it comes to leadership and the things that you coach on. So, so amazing. So I kind of want to take it back a little bit because I know that some of the people that you've had the opportunity to work with are people like Facebook, Google, Pinterest, Twitter, Yahoo, and Amazon. Can you talk a little bit about, did you have any kind of imposter syndrome then working with those large companies? Because I think sometimes a lot of people who are looking for employment in those areas or even wanting to work with people in the facet that you have with those companies, sometimes they just don't have a lot of belief in themselves, especially in the role that you've had. And so can you kind of talk about if you dealt with that during that time and how did you overcome that? Yeah, you know, my work with those companies started in my former career. Um, you know, Facebook was the first company like that, that I worked with, it was pre IPO for them. And I was co-building a product with their product team, uh, around how they could express the value of their advertising to big consumer advertisers and auto advertisers primarily at that time. And I can remember the first time, you know, drive, this is when I lived in the Bay area. I could remember the first time, like driving down to their campus and like, you know, the intimidation of the lobby, which like, you know, for a long time, that's the first impression a lot of people get when they're interviewing at one of these companies, right? Like the lobby and I should know the system. And there are people who know the bad system and just feeling like, where am I? And then, you know, navigating around their campus and just feeling like kind of, I don't belong. Mm -hmm. You know, these are people who are really smart and really high caliber. And, you know, just the feeling of however I was seeing them, that wasn't me. Um, and something that I've learned to appreciate later about what made me successful with those companies and has really carried me. But again, this is like a thread that was always there, but I hadn't like owned it or claimed it as the contribution I make is looking back what made me really good at product and what made me really good at sales and strategic partnerships and what makes me a great coach is actually listening. So there's some way that when I showed up as myself, who's intensely curious with these really high esteemed product managers and data analysts, my ability to listen, play back, give them an experience that I was really trying to understand what they were doing, that 
seemed to kind of lower the barrier that I felt between me and them. Um, and that, that became a differentiating skill. So, so good. So, so good. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add with that? I guess more now that I, you know, do deliver women's leadership programming into those companies. Something that's helped is clarity on what I bring mm. and humility around what I don't know. Mm. I do not work in these companies. I cannot know, you know, people's individual experiences in the same way that they know. Um, but really kind of keeping my focus on what I'm here to do, what makes me qualified in order to do that. And acceptance and acknowledgement about success working with these companies doesn't mean knowing everything. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's a humility piece and a kind of a relaxing into accepting that, that really supports me. And, you know, if you think about growing in your career as you that's a big transition I coach women through in leadership. At some point, you're rewarded for knowing exactly what to do. And when you hold on to that too tightly as you grow in your career, you actually limit your ability to grow in leadership because at some point you will be leading people where you literally do not know how to do their job function. Mm. So your value and felt sense of credibility has to come from some place other than knowing how to do the job. Wow. That's, that's so good. I love that you mentioned that because, and I love that you brought up that we sometimes can get caught up in that because I think if we just realize that a lot of what we are rewarded for is, you know, past accomplishments mm -hmm. that we can still you know be humble enough to move forward and still make a difference and i think knowing how to do that and knowing when to do that is so so important um and i love that i love love that you brought that up because it helps us to stay humble enough to learn but also stay confident enough in what we can do and i think that staying confident enough in what we can do just goes right along with the ability to learn you know they always say when you stop learning, you stop growing. And in a leadership position, of course, you always want to continue to grow. Your title may get to the highest point, but your level of ability will never do that. And so I love that you brought that up. It's so, so good. But I love that you also pointed out how you just had to really just settle in what you bring to the table. And I think that so many people kind of doubt themselves because they don't know what they bring. And understanding that, you know, when they just bring who they truly are, it's a lot easier to now know what it is that you need to learn. And anything that you need to learn, it can be researched. Just like you said, being humble enough to know that you don't know it and you won't know everything, but be confident in your ability to be able to find out. So, so good. Um, well, I want to transition into the next part of the episode where I really just allow for my guests to give some empowering and encouraging words to maybe someone who is thinking about getting into women's leadership or even coaching or whatever it is that you feel that you want to say to women. Okay. What do I want to say to women? <laughs> 
First of all, if you kind of have the whisper that getting into tech is something that you might be interested in, that's really valuable. Mm-hmm. I think part of, you know, I had mentioned part of our program is looking at the conditioning that women get. I th- in working with thousands of women, I think a lot of times women are conditioned to not pay attention to the small whispers, mm-hmm. to just kind of keep going, deal with what's in front of you, um, to be satisfied with what you have. And so it takes a lot of courage to tune into that whisper. So if you're kind of sitting in that whisper place, or, you know, you followed the whisper and now you're in that place of overwhelm that I spoke to earlier, where you feel like you're in over your head, it's kind of, you're exactly right where you need to be. And just the encouragement of, yeah, following that or listening to that is really, says a lot about what's important to you. So there's this, you know, I don't know what I want, or I don't know what it'll exactly look like. And it's like, you're not supposed to know exactly what you want or exactly what it's supposed to look like. Like you have enough information inside of you. I know you talk about this, Jacqueline, like listen inside of you. You have enough information inside of you to take the next step. um, And so to kind of look inward. I think the other thing I would say, a metaphor that has been really powerful for, for people is I talk about you know, if you think about what you want, if you can identify that, imagine that there's like a pegboard in front of you and maybe it's got 50 holes. And there's this way that um, I see women operate with that where they might have 48, 49 of those 50 holes filled. And for some reason, we look at the one hole we don't have. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have the answer to this. I don't have this specific skill. I've never worked in this type of environment. Um, I've never had this kind of manager, whatever it is, the focusing on the one or two gaps versus the 48, 49 fully filled pegs from your prior experience, um, really encouraging you to understand what those full pegs are, the skills you already have. Um, you know, this comes up a lot when women step into management for the first time, I've never managed a team. That's the one empty peg. It's like, what are other things that you've managed in your life? What are other relationships you've had? How have, what have you learned from being managed? You know, there's, it's like, you have information that will support you in this jump or this leap that you might not go to right away because you're focusing on what you don't have. Really take inventory of what you do have. Those are a couple of things that come to mind. Yes, it is just like the quote always says, success leaves the clues. It really does. But we have to train ourselves to see the clues because if we don't, like you said, we're going to just focus on those two little pegs that really honestly pale in comparison to the 40, 50 other things that we know how to do. And so that even ministered to me um, because I feel like we all need that daily reminder because we all go through things where it's like, man, I don't even know if I can get through this or I don't even know if I have the ability to do it. But when we really sit down, look within ourselves, look at what we've already done, just like we've been talking about this entire time, it really does help us to move forward properly. So I want to say thank you so much for being on here, Alicia. That was such a wealth of knowledge. And I believe that someone who was listening to this 
really has taken away some valuable um, lessons and ideals. And if anyone wants to connect with you, how can they do that? You can find more information at aliciajabbar.com. All right. Thank you, Alicia. Well, we hope that you have a wonderful day. And as I always say, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tech Girls Cast. If you'd like to leave your personal story about how this podcast is impacting your life, please feel free to email me at podcast at techgirlscode.com or leave me a podcast review. I love hearing your story and I can't wait to share them with those who may need to hear them as well. I look forward to all the future episodes and what I will be sharing with you. But until next week, sis, I'll talk to you then.